everybody, I'm Peter, and I'm just a child with no experience of the galaxy, and I could really use him on this side of the pig. He's Mike. And together we are Rebels Rebels, the podcast where we explore the Star Wars expanded universe through an episode by episode deep dive into the animated series Star Wars Rebels. Our guest today is an author and a cartoonist, frequent guest on Star Wars Minute, his name is Tony Consiglio. Tony, how you doing? Hello, Rebels Rebels podcast fans. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> no, thank you very much for having me. I have a question. I have a question for you guys. Like, if I say hi, Peter and Michael, like, do you guys get upset if I, you know, bill one over the other? If I say Michael first or Peter or yeah, you always need to say my name first. That's <laughs> why. I, that's why I speak first in the podcast. Yeah, I, I, I let him go. <laughs> Beauty before brains, right? All right, perfect. <laughs> uh, so thanks again for being here. We like to just ask people, like, are you... Actually, this is the first time we've ever done it, and it feels weird. I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> so I'm just going to assume you're a Star Wars fan. I don't know what to ask you. <laughs> I am a Star Wars fan, yes. Okay. Whoa. Oh, cool. <laughs> Before we get started, please just uh, subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave us a review on iTunes. It helps a ton. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stupid social media crap <laughs> just by searching <laughs> Rebels Rebels Pod. Or you can email the show at rebelsrebelspod at gmail.com with all your complaints. Yeah. And compliments. All right. Mike, you ready? <laughs> I'm ready, Tony. Are you ready to get into this? I certainly am. Cool. This is season one, episode 10, Idiot's Array. The wrong gamble with a new acquaintance forces the crew into transporting some unusual cargo. Yep. Uh, so, okay. So the episode starts off at old uh, who's pit stop. It's pronounced Joe. I know it's okay. So it's spelled. Don't you know how to say Joe? Right? <laughs> yes. I know how to say Joe, but it's spelled J H O. You know, well, it's funny because when I when I looked at it and pronounced it, I pronounced it Yoho. <laughs> right? That's what you yeah, said. I, just, I had no idea what I was like. Oh, I guess it's probably Joe, but. Knowing Star Wars is some weird pronunciation. Well, that's, yep. that's like the other episode. Uh, a couple episodes back, they spelled dill pickles, like <laughs> D apostrophe L L P Y Y Y K L. I was like, that's not dill, like, dill pickle. I don't see the problem here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it. But I love it. Okay, so the first shop at Old Joe, sure, Old Joe's Pit Shop. <laughs> Is you see, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I paused it because I saw two drunk Ugnots stumbling <laughs> out of the bar carrying each oh, other. Oh, no, that is fantastic. I it's did not so great. <laughs> That's the first thing you see in this. It's not really a kid show, but I mean, it's, I I mean it is a kid show, but. They, they like to sneak those little naughty things in there. That's <laughs> pretty weird. <laughs> um, so they're at Old Joe's Pit Stop, um, but and they need a job because they're out of fuel they're out of money we've heard this song and dance before they need a job so joe who's the thorian behind the bar um (laughs) he suggested that they talk to a mysterious stranger who's playing sabak with zeb this is a great lead-in yeah um so we go to the table and the mysterious stranger uh is playing with zeb and soklo 
Therodian, who yeah. we uh, we taught, we've met him before. Oh, did we meet him? Yeah, was he, he the guy who was selling fruit? On? Yeah. Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's also an imperial agent. Oh, like he's, a, a he's snitch. undercover snitch. Oh, so this Rodian is a, a total snitch. Yeah. Rodians, man. <laughs> I know. Why isn't there any uh, positive images of Rodians <laughs> in the universe? I don't really know. I was curious in that first scene, like, why exactly would Zeb play someone in the complete dark, especially <laughs> like not know who it is? <laughs> I mean, yeah, Lando's kind of a central person. <laughs> well, you know, turn down the lights, really set the mood. <laughs> set the mood. <laughs> like, are you, is this someone actually there other than like hands and cards? Because <laughs> you don't see is you just see a silhouette in the beginning, right? And then he shows. Yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Maybe maybe at like Thursday nights at Old Joe's Pit Stop is like candlelight sabak <laughs> night, and they just turn the lights down low. It's a whole theme thing, and they do a slow dance afterward. <laughs> that, is, that is a bit weird. I didn't think about that. Um, I want to highlight, take a second, and highlight how funny I found Chopper this oh, entire episode. I thought Chopper was amazing. It's such good, like, like, <laughs> like physical, head yeah, comedy. The table, uh-huh. and frustration. It's so good. What? That's the weirdest. Again, I said this before. That's the weirdest thing to program into a droid. Like when you're frustrated, bang your head on the table. <laughs> yeah, that is a very strange thing for a droid. <laughs> <laughs> Why program that? That seems destructive. I know. I don't know. I've stopped trying to figure out reasons why. I can I can get why droids have pain and I don't things like that. Well, why program your droid to self harm? <laughs> I you got me on that one. Well, if you and also if you're gonna if you're gonna have uh, droids at pit stops, they definitely should teach them or at least uh, give them give them some kind of poker face because he certainly was not. <laughs> No, he was not seriously. In that. He was, he was like, I know. Also, also uh, this is a, a pretty progressive. Yeah, so, exactly. Okay, so it's weird that this that Joe's pit stop allowed droids to come in, right? Yeah. Because at the Moss Eisley Cantina, and what's the name of that cantina? There's a name. I always forget it. I don't. I didn't know it had a name. Book. No, no. In that new, a certain point of view book, they name it, and it's. I'm like. I remember reading it and be like, that's weird. It's called the Moss Eisley Cantina. Sure. <laughs> you can't you can't change my mind on that one. In my head canon, it definitely is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they're letting droids into this place. Droids can't buy drinks or gamble. Yeah. But they're cool to be here. So progressive place. So yeah. applause, applause to Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was lightning the droids. You know, maybe in Moss Eisley, the poss- the problem was is that droids don't have a poker face. It might have caused a lot of trouble. <laughs> I feel like it's a stretch, but I like it. Speaking of poker faces, they I forgot the exact dialogue, but Zeb's like, he bets Chopper, which I'm jumping ahead a little bit, and he's like, I got a hand that I can't lose. I and know. Kanan looks over his shoulder and is like, Whoa! It gives him like cartoon eyes. Like, yeah, do it. Like, if someone did that at the poker table, I would kill him. That was bad. Yeah, I remember thinking that. Yeah, that's really. Uh, this is definitely no Casino Royale. This is a different. This is a different poker game. Yep. Um, so I looked up the rules of Sabak. Oh, good. They're pretty. There's some pretty detailed ones, but basically, what you need to know for this epi- for this episode is the object of Sabak is to get a hand that totals 23, but it can only be beaten by an idiot's array, 
which is a zero, a one, and a two. So, so three. Sabak <laughs> is well. You need three cards. Okay, zero, one, a zero, and a one, and a two. Uh, Sabak is the second best thing. Aids array is the first thing. So, um, Sabak was first introduced in the script for Empire Strikes Back. Um, I guess Cloud City is going to be more of like a casino. Yeah. rocking and rolling situation but it was cut out and any mention of this game of the game was just wiped from the books um well, until was, yeah. some of the eu stuff yeah and in those original marvel comics i don't know if you read those 77 marvel comics there is like a whole there is a gambling like arena thing that looks exactly like bespin huh no i don't remember that oh i wish i remember what it was called it was this re, this big circular gambling arena hmm. it was called maybe the coliseum or something like that uh, oh, i gotta look that up it was, it was yeah. weird. also i know i don't know anything any insider knowledge of the last jedi but they have announced canto bite bright canto bite canto bright one of those two that's one of the places that we've seen in the trailer and that's a big casino planet Oh. Really? That's funny. Yeah. That like a casino. I guess that makes sense. Why not? They're yeah. adults. They they gotta be entertained. <laughs> yeah. Why not? They need to entertain themselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is gonna come out after Last Jedi has been out, so it's gonna be real interesting uh, okay. <laughs> to see this. It's probably not even a casino planet, it's like a dump planet. <laughs> Those idiots. <laughs> interesting so as i mentioned zeb is like we got a hand that i can't lose with and so he decides he doesn't have any more money so he decides to bet chopper which i like that yeah that's cool why not why not and so when he bets chopper this guy comes out and is like no 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 my friend i have an idiot's array and he comes out of the shadows it's our friend Lando Calrissian. <laughs> I win. Not so fast. It appears I have an idiot's array. Which makes you, well... And what does that make you? Name's Calrissian. Lando Calrissian. Now please, introduce me to my new droid. Uh, it's something interesting about this. Two interesting things. First, it's cool that they use it's Lando's theme from Empire Strikes Back plays right when he emerges. Yes, that's very but, cool. And I love that they do that, that they use that same music. Um, but what was weird when researching this is they said that Lando's signature move in Sabacc is the Idiot's Array. <laughs> but that's like saying my what? signature move in a game of 21 is getting 21. <laughs> it's completely based on its chance, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I unless Lando is always carrying Sabacc cards with him and he always has a zero and he's tr- changing them out. You know, he's he's. Yeah. <laughs> Zeb does say that he thinks he cheated. So maybe that's actually oh, good okay. insight. <laughs> that's how he gets people to work for him, I suppose. Yeah. Well, if he was so good at getting Sabox all the time or getting idiots arrays, then why do you lose the Millennium Falcon? Because he's not that good of a oh, game. Exactly. That's hands true. Hands yeah. Yeah. We, got two, we got two cheaters. He two did cheaters. win a city. <laughs> So I mean I can't I can't really fault him that that much. Uh, which actually okay so I have to tell the story okay. because I thought about so Peter and I used to work together building pool tables for uh, this guy uh-huh. super cool guy and he won awesome. yeah and he won his 
moving <laughs> truck, yeah. like his huge moving truck that we use to move the pool back tables of his business. Buildings. He won it in a game of pool. <laughs> or no, he won it in a game of poker. I'm sorry. Yeah. He won the wow. truck in a game of poker. And I remember thinking that was like the most badass thing I've ever heard. Who does that in real life? That is That's badass. their truck. Yeah. He won his truck, his moving truck in a game of poker. That's awesome. <laughs> Which I think is so sick. So I don't think we've mentioned this, but Lando is voiced by Billy D. Williams in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's which I was actually kind of surprised with because I've seen uh seen him in some of the like the 40th anniversary stuff, and he doesn't seem like he's got the Lando swagger anymore, but he pulls it off in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I Maybe it's just ageism that I'm yeah, that's ageist. Yeah, uh, I don't know. He he seems like he's stoked to be back. He seems like I feel like Billy D is like a dude who does like the fan circuit still a bit. Yeah. And, um, I I can't believe I never knew that his middle name actually was December. <laughs> Did you know that? I didn't know that. Billy December Williams. I didn't know that. That's awesome. You didn't know that. <laughs> December. Yeah, that's awesome. Billy December Williams. He shortened it. Uh. Yeah, I don't know why you would shorten December. <laughs> I've mentioned this a couple of times, but sometimes when I watch these episodes with my wife. Another night we were watching this episode of prep and in the shadows before you see Lando's face, you hear like the, well, then my friend or something like that. And my wife audibly goes. <gasps> <laughs> she can't. Yeah. <laughs> like keep it in your pants. Well, I mean, he does love the ladies. I noticed. I noticed also um, in this episode. I, I don't know if it was just maybe because Billy December Williams is just you know, <laughs> uh, you know older in age, or but yeah. he seemed he seemed like his swagger seemed a little slow. Almost like I imagine like he took like a few glugs of like Nyquil before he actually <laughs> went out and played and played yeah. the card game. Colt 45. Wasn't that his thing? (laughs) He was advertising. Maybe he's got a couple of Colt 45s under the table. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little sluggish. It definitely wasn't. It it was nowhere near the Empire Strikes Back, which is... (laughs) A little sad, yeah. <laughs> but he. Uh, but to be fair, he looked great. He was thin. Yes, yeah. <laughs> very good physique. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good one. He just wasn't mature yet. Let's yeah. Give him that. Um. So we're we're heading back to the ghost now. After Zeb lost Chopper. Yep. In a game of chance to this mysterious stranger. Yeah. Uh. That's. Yeah, bad move on his part. Who's your astromech droid? I like how he walks in, and the first thing he says to Hera is, I can explain. <laughs> like, explain what? And you know, I love when mom Hera comes out. She is so the mom. And she pulls my favorite thing. Garrett Zeb Aurelius? Yeah, funny story. You see, Lando and I were playing Sabacc, and I kind of bet Chopper. Garazeb Aurelius, Chopper wasn't yours to bet. Kanan said it was okay. And you should know better. Chopper is a member of this crew. Oh, well, well, we should go. I need to pick up my cargo, and I don't want to keep my supplier waiting. Besides, if all goes well, there won't be anything for you good people to argue about. Love that. That's so good. Um, so Lando returns to the ship with them. 
and says he needs to get some things past the Imperial blockade of Lothal and he will hire the crew to do that. And then once the mission is done, he will give back Chopper and pay them handsomely. Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> I find it strange. Like, why wouldn't why didn't they just stronghold him? Like, throw him out and be like, no, we're not doing that. You know. <laughs> I know. I mean, you didn't get the full force of it if you're just watching this one episode. But they have a Jedi on board. I mean, he could have just laser sorted him. Oh yeah, why not? Just like give me back my droid. <laughs> Uh, you know they're they're moralistic. They know they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're not going to skirt ethics. They're <laughs> they're they're above that. Yeah. Uh, uh, so when you first go on to the ghost, you see Sabine is on this like green motorcycle thing. Uh, it looks yeah. like she's like riding it like she's a kid on a toy motorcycle. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but why, the, why is she sitting on? I that? don't know. Just to look like a cool guy. Um, <laughs> But that was originally meant for Kanan, and he was going to, like, ride it around all the time like a cool BA. Um, but he, they ditched it because, I don't know, they thought it was stupid. <laughs> so they just kind of put it in there as a little Easter egg to this plan that was ditched. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I actually think I'm glad they ditched it because it yeah. is a little, I don't know, it's just, like, too reminiscent of, like, a real-world motorcycle. Mm. And so, uh, I'm glad it's not yeah, in there. He does have a cool goatee, though. So I mean, he does have a goatee. It's made for a motorcycle. <laughs> it's like their uh, stationary bike. You know, they just have it in the corner. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we're misinterpreting. It's just exercise equipment. She was just working out. That's their equivalent to a row, like a rowing boat. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, it's got cooler. Yep. Uh, so on the way to Lando's rendezvous, he uh, he kind of he's getting to know the crew, right? <laughs> and this is where things start to get weird for me because he's flirting a little bit with Hera, but she kind of gives it back, and you can see that Kanan is irritated by it. But then he meets Sabine and recognizes her artwork, which yeah. this is so the lame dudes in <laughs> to like an art you know so a girl who's into arts yeah. like thing you say that but sabine's like like oh yeah like i love that guy he's my biggest influence and then she goes you want to see more of my impressionistic pieces <laughs> Wink. Oh, takes him back to her room to go see so some impressionistic <laughs> hey i told you your stuff was good months ago yeah but you didn't know why that's hardly fair. He's just a child with no experience of the galaxy. I am... Um, I don't suppose you'd like to see my more impressionistic pieces. I happen to be an impressionistic connoisseur. That means... I know what it means. Hey, what does that mean? A lot less than he thinks. I don't like that guy. <laughs> it was so weird. It must work. And I tried to look up the artist, too, because I thought it'd be really fun. Jane was protesting on Bith, Bith, and I couldn't find him. I found <laughs> it, and it's so boring. Oh. It's like, he was a Bith person who painted protest paintings. So Bith are the canteen Yeah, like the musicians, right? Yeah. Like the flute player from the cantina with the yeah. big with the big black bug eyes. Which reminds me, I recently saw a shirt, which it was like a a mashup between the Smiths and Star Wars, where it was <laughs> the Smiths with Bith heads, and it's <laughs> and uh, it was it's, it's dope. weird how many Smiths 
Star Wars mashup, mashup shirts I've seen. It's a weird intersection of culture. It's like made for you. It is. It's kind of made for me. There's also because I do own a shirt that is Natalie Portman on the cover, like in her coffin at the end of Revenge of the Sith, and it says "Queen is dead." <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, which I like. So you made a note about this. Lando says that her work is even more stunning in its simplicity. Total diss. I know, right? Total diss. Uh, Awful. I know, he's negging her. (laughs) Linda seems nice enough. I'm telling you, I don't like that guy. Sabine, I understand this is your work. Reminds me of Janu's protest paintings on Bith. Janu of Bith is a major influence. Well, your work is even more stunning in its simplicity. Your work is even more stunning in its simplicity? Yeah. <laughs> if someone said that to me, I'd be... I don't know. Also, what is he drinking? Did anyone else notice that he's holding like a cup of sleepy time tea? <laughs> <laughs> it's just hot cold 45. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Warm beer. That's how he rolls. <laughs> That's the grossest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, so because of all of his smooth talking, Kanan, Ezra, and Zeb all don't like Lando. Seems fair. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like him either. I was actually didn't like him that much that much when my wife let out that gasp, so <laughs> I feel. Alright, so we're off to uh the Merchant One ship where this new character as Morgan lives. Um, and the ghost rendezvous with the freighter Merchant One. So Kanan, Hera, and Lando are escorted to the ship's owner, who we meet. He's the Jablogian slaver as Morgan. Merchant One, this is Calrissian, requesting permission to dock. You have the goods? Always. Yeah, which I think is kind of just a gross name for a species. Jablogian. Jablogian. Um, Also, so as Morgan is based on early concept art of Jabba the Hutt um, that was made by Ralph McQuarrie. That's what Jabba Jabba was supposed to look like originally. Actually, Jabba's gone through like two or three iterations. Yeah, oh, he wasn't supposed to be like a fat Scottish guy? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then he was supposed to be like a slender green guy. Oh, I didn't know that. Because that's where that whole scene with Han Solo and the like the nineteen ninety seven re releases comes from. Where like, you know, Han Solo oh. walks around Jabba. Yes. No, so I know what you're talking about. I think in the script or in the book, he's he's described as like a slender green alien like, yeah, thing, like right? Almost like almost Greedo looking. But in that scene, he's like just a fat Scottish dude. Right? <laughs> oh. It's really okay. weird too because Han like circles him and obviously yeah. he had to do something because he goes over his tail. Oh. But he says, Oh you're you're an amazing human being and when he said amazing human being, I'm like, okay, was he a human being? Was was yeah. he supposed to be a human being maybe? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like I don't want to go too much far down this tangent because we 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 like to celebrate <laughs> great star wars here but i remember specifically getting the special editions they would show like before they're out in theaters so that was the first time i ever saw star wars in theaters i was so so excited and i would watch on like 60 minutes they did a big thing and george lucas was just raving about that scene he was like you won't believe what we did with job of the hut's tail we put him in this scene and then you see han solo goes back there but there's a tail so we digitally made him hop up and look like he's stepping on Jabba's tail. And he was so proud of himself. 
Oh wow! It's so in retrospect, it just makes me so mad. Yeah, because it looks it looks like I did it on Microsoft. Paint. <laughs> no, totally, exactly, exactly. It looks terrible. It does. <laughs> it looks terrible, and it's so against Jabba the Hutt's character. Like, really, like Jabba's gonna be cool with this dude just stepping on your tail? He's like a vile gangster that likes also, to feed people to a rancor. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, that's a tangent. I don't. I don't like hating. Okay, so I think as Morgan actually, when I saw him, I think he looks exactly. Like the Great Goblin from The Hobbit, which are other movies that I really don't like. <laughs> but do you remember the Great Goblin in The Hobbit? I don't really remember it. If he, I he, saw that movie once and then kind of forgot it. It's well, it's it's forgettable. Yeah, <laughs> a, a freaking amazing books, awful movie. Uh, he he looks exactly like the Great Goblin. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. So just you know, he also very it. disgustingly eats fruit. I don't know oh, why what? the. the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what is wrong? Why is he like that? <laughs> he's he spitting it out too. Yeah. yeah, and he's choosing like especially slimy fruit. Like you could just eat like some peanuts or something. It's well, fine. I think it's supposed to be reminiscent of when we actually first see Jabba in his palace eating those frogs. <laughs> oh yeah. I, so I think that's what it's kind of trying to replicate, right? Is this like repulsion of this character, which I don't know. I got so. Yeah. Yes, he was very repulsive, definitely. <laughs> um, so at this point, Lando's genius plan is uncovered that none of the crew was, was in on beforehand. Which seems like a bad idea. He sells Hera into slavery in return for this crate. I have what you ordered. What do you have to offer in return? Her name is Hera. What? Which is a real D move. Yeah. <laughs> the, be- the best part about it, too, is evidently Hera is so pissed at Kanan for losing Chopper that she's like, I don't care. I'll go into slavery. I don't. We made a deal. A deal's a deal. So fine. I'm a slave now. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> uh, to be fair to Lando, he did give her the heads up. Yeah, okay. Fair, fair. So, you know, being sold into slavery is okay. (laughs) Okay, cool, cool. (laughs) She's trying to defend it. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I was lis- when I was uh, listening to while well, watching and listening to it, as Morgan uh-huh. sounded so familiar to me, and it's yeah, it's James Hong. It's the guy yeah. from Big Trouble in Little China and all those oh, other yeah, Blade Runner. That's yeah. totally where it is. Yeah, I didn't. I had the exact same thought. That was and I was really surprised when I saw it too. A girl with green eyes to satisfy him die. A girl brave enough to embrace the naked blade. And when I find her, I will marry her. Never! And she and I will be happy and my curse will be lifted. You can go off and rule the universe from beyond the grave. Indeed! Or check into a psycho war, whichever comes first, huh? Oh, I love Big Trouble in Little China. It actually played <laughs> at the theater in Chinatown in San Francisco not too long ago. They do this big, like, they do this big event for that. Oh, that's it's- cool. <laughs> <laughs> That was cool. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get it uh, uh, that was bugging me. All right. So we're back on the ghost. And Kanan and Lando, while they're there, they get back there with this crate, right, that they've traded mm-hmm. in the era for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> traded a person for a crate. <laughs> and Lando tells Sabine that Hera is following the plan, right? Trying to con- calm everyone down. Um, <laughs> and Kanan says that he doesn't know of any plan. Yeah. 
I I just think I remember specifically watching this episode when it aired on TV and being super bummed on it. But watching it now, kind of binging it for this podcast, it's I I, I love it, and I think the dialogue is really funny. Actually, this dialogue is great. It's I love goofy. that uh, like Sabine just drags Kanan, just like having a great day. First you lose Chopper, then you lose Hera. Just like <laughs> drags him. Um, and I think it's just I think Rebels is just a made for binging. Because these little standalone episodes yeah. are bad on its own in a vacuum. Yeah. But when you watch it in the scheme of everything, yes. you can notice like some of the really cool, charming stuff. No, I, I totally agree. I, I think... And I also, this episode feels like something of a reprieve from how serious the last few episodes yeah. have been. Because I love the episodes where there's some serious development of like canonical characters we know and love but this episode definitely is like a standalone kind of step to the side let's get a little lighthearted. Mm-hmm. and after like three or four episodes of some more serious stuff i think this is like an attempt of appeasing younger audience and you know dialing back a little bit yeah so i'm okay with it and yeah yeah i think it's fun yeah speaking of some other dialogue i like um they're back on the freighter and Hera is now a slave to Asmorgan uh, but she escapes by smashing him in the face with a tray of fruit oh yeah when I saw that I was like well they look like they're wearing metal helmets you tell me that <laughs> a fruit tray is strong you know well I mean I'm sure she's strong also but yeah it's a space fruit tray it's it's, it's, it's different than the fruit trays we use <laughs> True. But I love that. So she smashes him in the face. There's guards outside. And she kind of strolls out. And is like, oh, he needs some time by himself or whatever. And then the her and the guard are like leading her back to her slave quarter or something. And off screen, she smashes him in the face. Yeah. And then she just walks away and nonchalantly is like, that was a useful tray. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the 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 uh, hitting the guard. <laughs> yeah. As Morgan looked like he was made of like <laughs> marshmallow anyway, so I yeah. imagine that would have hurt either way. Uh-huh. <laughs> but his guard had a helmet on. You tell me that if if a fruit tray is gonna knock you out and you're wearing those helmets, why bother wearing the helmet? <laughs> it's probably made out of the same thing that stormtrooper har- uh, armor is made yeah. out of. Doesn't really do it. If anything, it probably hurts him more. It hurts him worse. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where the episode starts to get a little serious a little weird for me because as morgan after wakes the up, slavery well after the, so i'm cool the slavery <laughs> but as morgan wakes up and he wants to know where he wants to get his property back yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's where it starts to get a little uncomfortable for me yeah. is where Hera <laughs> is now just being called property <laughs> I don't know. That choice of word is just a little. <laughs> There's a lot of questionable issues in this because eventually, eventually we, we look into that crate and there's a pig in there. Yes. So Hera's life is worth a pig, evidently. Well, so that's one thing. It's a special pig. Secondly, as Morgan evidently goes through the Imperial blockade, walks like a couple miles and does a giant, a big laser fight at the end of this episode where people presumably died so he can get his property back he really loves slaves what's the problem here (laughs) still waiting for the issue (laughs) 
Um, here's another thing I like. So, so Hera shoots out of the escape pod and they scoop her up onto the ghost. Um, and when they're about to get her, Sabine like gets Lando and they go back together and she goes, we'll go prep the airlock. Wink. Just like when they're going to look at their impressionist painting. It's like, oh, we're uh, prepping the airlock. Don't go to my room. I'm prepping the airlock. Another weird moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So Hera hits Lando in. Right in the Jogans. <laughs> hits, hits Lando right in the Jogans and then demands to see what's in the crate. Yep. And then we get the big crate reveal. So before Lando can show Hera what's in the crate, Zeb and Ezra decide to take a peek. They're in there. And then, bam, out pops what <laughs> Ezra uh, Hera was traded for. A puffer pig. <laughs> and a quick note about the puffer pig. I was doing some research on them. And everything that you need to know is right there in this episode. Are they a pig that puff? They're exactly that. <laughs> uh, but here's what was interesting about them. Is that they said they're non-sentient mammals okay oh so sentient means you have the ability to feel and think right Mm -hmm. so this pig is a non-sentient mammal all mammals on earth are sentient is that the case? Yeah. Earth, they earth can, pigs are con- considered sentient. sentient? Yeah, your dog is sentient. Your, a pig is sentient. Anything that... I mean, it, there's varying levels of sophistication, right? With uh, Maybe he's more puffer than pig. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, so, I'm, so, I don't know. At least that's what I'm arguing. Uh, so, Tony, welcome to the, paid, the PETA podcast. <laughs> we tricked you. Meat is murder. <laughs> no, I'm just wondering. I mean, an- all animals can feel. So this puffer pig can't feel? Exactly. I don't know. Friend. I think they're just, I, I know what you mean, but I think they're just making a distinction between creatures like Wookiees and like Greedos and Ithorians that can like converse and are citizens of the Galactic Empire. Opposed to like pigs and dogs and loath rats that are <laughs> go vegan, <laughs> bike life. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that was it. We we talked about this that the Empire hated Wookies so much that they actually classified Wookies as non sentient. So that's sense. why oh. Wookies are slaves yep. in the Empire because and they they're treated even, just like a puffer pig. And they even considered <laughs> eating them because they had so many slaves at yeah. that point. <laughs> That would be great if under all that fur, they only weigh like 40 pounds. It's like, they're just like skin bones. Uh, maybe that's a lesson about the puffer pig. Maybe a puffer pig is just as sentient as a Wookiee and we're just, we're just a uh, speciesist. I'll tell you, for a non-sentient, that pig went up a ladder, like, I, like a, better than a four-legged, you know, like a arms and legs uh, being. I guess that thing went straight yeah. up the ladder. It was amazing. Yeah, it's sentient. <laughs> Thank right. you. You've made your point. <laughs> you have to be sentient if you could go up a ladder, at least, right? <laughs> I think that's in the definition. <laughs> you must be able to go up a ladder. Climb a ladder. 
All right, so we got the puffer pig. Um, uh, so now we're getting to the blockade, which uh, the ghost, you know, it's able to modify its signature. It's why it's called the ghost. It's able to hide what it is and get through blockades. But the signature modulator still hasn't been fixed. Yeah, I don't think I think we skipped over this. I really like so it was broken. Yeah, and Kanan orders Chopper to go fix it. Yeah, and Chopper is and Hera goes. He says he doesn't have to do it because he's not part of the crew anymore. <laughs> She's so sassy in this. I love it. <laughs> and she lets him not do it. It's like fine. We just have a broken ship because he's not part of the crew anymore. <laughs> I lo- I love that Chopper agrees too. He's just I like, know, right? <laughs> yeah, let's go to any extra work. Yeah. He's got so much attitude. <laughs> he's got more attitude, I think, than any droid. Like, I'm just going to say it. Like, yeah. K2SO was a big, like, step in a very, like, spunky <laughs> kind of droid. And, like... Well, the nice thing I like about him is because, obviously, like, BB-8 and R2-D2 have a little spunk in them. Um, but they can convey, like, more sass... <laughs> through Chopper than K2SO with just his little like warbles and beeps and boobs. Like K2SO is like, how did you know that wasn't me? And like, I don't like her very much, but like you can convey all that with Chopper just be like, (laughs) just love. It's so cool. I love that he has those little arms to wave around. Yeah. Yeah, Those are amazing. Which are, uh, we said before, but they those were originally, that was a, what originally R2-D2 was going to look yeah. like. That was Ralph McCoy's oh, okay. design for him. So ah. Chopper's, Chopper looks exactly what R2-D2 was supposed to ah. look like. Mm-hmm. Now, if you put them side to side, is R2-D2 taller? Because he seems like he was kind of short. I think they're about the same height, honestly, because in the third episode oh, okay. of Rebels, they meet. Oh, they and, meet and they're about the same size? And they're, uh-huh. yeah, they're they're about the exact same height. Chopper. Uh, okay, I guess it's just yeah. the the CGI style that they picked. They, I, for some reason, I was like, oh, he looks short. He looks he's he's, he's very <laughs> short for a droid. <laughs> Droidist. Um, if you vamp for a second, I'm actually going to look this up because I'm interested. What I want to I'm looking up how tall R two D two is. All right, so R two D two is one point zero nine meters. Okay. Which I don't know what that is because I'm American. <laughs> and then Chopper is 0.99 meters. I still don't know what that is, but I do know that R2-D2 is in fact taller. Wow. Well, my, not by much. It doesn't seem like <laughs> Hey, every inch counts, right? <laughs> uh, Some... I won't get into that. You work, you, work, you work with what you got, right? Yeah. I mean, every millimeter counts, I think. Um, okay, so the the signature modulator is still broken, but this time Lando asks Chopper to do it, so he does it just to spike Kanan, which is dope. It's like, yeah, we'll just like we'll just fly into a blockade and be unmasked and shot out of the sky because you sold our droid. Well, if I was sold by someone, I wouldn't be too stoked about it. Yeah. If I was bet by someone, like, I'll bet my friend, even if you were sure you were going to win. <laughs> I wonder what the galactic laws are. Like, if I were playing poker, could I just be like, I'm out of money, but I'm going to bet Mike. <laughs> and if you, you don't have any, you can't object to that. Like, Chopper seems like he's a sentient droid. He doesn't have a say in that. <laughs> Droids are never sentient. Let's get that straight. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very hard line for you to yeah. take. 
Not in my cantina. <laughs> Only puffer pigs. <laughs> puffer pigs are sentient. <laughs> so they they creep up on the star destroyer, relentless, and it scans the ghost and notices it re- it resembles a rebel ship they are looking for. But before the scan is complete, Chopper saves the day and fixes the modulator, and it appears to be the Tontine, a legitimate freighter authorized for travel to Lothal. Yep. <laughs> um, but so this is, I don't know why, maybe I have just very immature taste, but I thought this was hilarious too, that the Star Destroyer is scanning the ghost and Lando keeps flirting with Sabine which makes Ezra sweaty and he's like I'll show you and he starts climbing across the puffer pig that's blocking them off <laughs> and it ends up like aggravating the puffer pig and making it blow up super puffer and it flies Zeb into the modulator and now Ezra's stuck against the ceiling and then they disable it and the Imperial ships now know it's all a ruse and they yeah I mean it seems legit yeah. Your puffer pig blows up <laughs> Imperial ships. Like such yeah, a weird happen. MacGuffin, like yes. <laughs> it's like, okay, we need something to like for Lando to get, and we need something that's gonna cause turmoil. How about a giant pig that puffs up? <laughs> I was that smells one. minerals. I, I was waiting for one of them to pop them at some point because they had to get through it. <laughs> I know. I know. It seems like it it seems like that's low hanging fruit for a joke. I can't believe that oh, was like <laughs> I could have easily seen that puffer pig just flying around the room making that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be so good. I can't remember, but I'm sure that either happened in Flubber or like, <laughs> or like Daddy Daycare or a movie. Like that. I'm sure. <laughs> just shooting. So, anyways, we get back to the stall. They arrive at Lando's farm, one that he bought from Visago, right? The uh-huh. uh, another the, crime lord, a crime lord. And uh, we've, we learned that these puffer pigs can smell precious minerals, and that's why Lando wants them, because he wants to set up this mining operation on Lothal. Um, and they can't be scanned by the Imperials, right, because they are a organic being, so yeah. they can't be identified. So we'll talk about this later in our deep dive, but because of the Imperial blockade, they yeah. outlawed uh, like mining rigs. For anyone that isn't an imperial because they don't want the citizens to be able to mine the minerals that are in their own land and get rich off of that so this is a way around that imperial pigs. decree yeah so it's basically is it like it's like those pigs that can smell truffles but they can just smell like ore <laughs> i didn't even think about that but, uh, right. i kind of like it um, so as morgan and his men show up and this huge fight starts. He has other debts to pay. As Morgan, you forget I introduced you to Visargo. I knew where you were headed. But the ship, you couldn't have hidden it anywhere close. Did you walk here? You don't walk anywhere. Well, I do what's necessary to claim my property. Yeah, and more dialogue I love. It's like, he's like, you'd have to walk a mile to get here. I don't see you as the walking type. That's Morgan so pissed that he had to walk. He was like, oh. They even had him rubbing his feet at one point. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like rubbing one of his feet. <laughs> yeah. In re- and he says in return for his sore feet, he's going to take 
Well, what did he want? He wanted Chopper. He wanted Chopper, he wanted like everything. Lando, Hera, and their ship <laughs> because he has sore feet. Well, I, th- I think what he said is he wanted to bury Lando. <laughs> yes. <I'm pretty> sure. <laughs> Which is, that was pretty, pretty dark, but, yeah. I, liked it. but I like it. Uh, uh, but so Ezra... Uh, this is the first time we see Ezra use his lightsaber for an alternative, like yeah. an alternative weapon. And he says, I might not be able to sword fight. So he calls lightsaber dueling sword fighting uh-huh. and he whips out his lightsaber <laughs> and probably shouldn't phrase it like that. <laughs> and uh, he uses it as a gun. Yeah. Okay, I have to ask both you guys, how do you feel like, how do you feel about a lightsaber doubling as a gun for it or against it? I'll Tony go first. Cause... Oh, I'm, I'm definitely against it, especially the one he had. I thought he took out a staple gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it looks, yeah. First of all, yeah, it looks stupid and I'll jump in before you Pete. And I don't like that. It, I like that there was something, how difficult I always felt like there was something really difficult about making a lightsaber. I mean, originally those scenes I were in empire, they got taken out mm-hmm. where Luke is constructing his lightsaber. Right. And it's this whole big ordeal and it's difficult and it's this process. I hate that this one kid can just, I don't know, mess with his <laughs> lightsaber to the, de- to the degree where I can turn it into a gun. You know, uh, if, if, it, it kind of shows, uh, how, how, um, is that he has to attach a gun to his lightsaber. Wouldn't his lightsaber <laughs> pretty much be all he needs? Why well, he's like, well, just as, as insurance, I'm going to have a gun on here. Yeah. <laughs> In case someone's really far away. <laughs> Although I guess it would be cool if while you were while you were lightsaber battling, you're also just shooting at the same time, like nonstop. Yeah. That would be deadly. So here, here's why I like it. There's a couple of reasons. Right. First of all, compared to the stupid slingshot he had, anything is better. Yeah. So I'm just glad that slingshot's gone. Secondly, I know what you mean, but I kind of like it as like a referendum on the dogma of the Jedi, where it's like <laughs> blasters are so uncivilized, but like, Caden's not really a Jedi. Ezra's not really a Jedi. No. So they're just like, why don't I make a lightsaber gun? Why the hell not? There's no Jedi council to tell me not to do it. That's true. And so it's, I like how it's kind of blurring the lines of like what a Jedi is supposed to be. Right. Cause they're basically like <laughs> scoundrel smuggler Jedi, which is kind of a cool mix. Yeah. And the third reason is I, when I used to draw like Jedi, like Luke Skywalker and stuff, when I was a kid, I always put a blaster in his other hand. Cause I just thought it was so <laughs> sick to have a blaster in one hand and a lightsaber in the other hand. or just like shooting and swinging at the same time. I thought it was so sick. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. I, I, I like the last reason, and that's why I will accept this new hypothesis. Okay. Uh, so, we, as this fight is going on, the thing that saves the day <laughs> is the puffer pig. Of course. So, they, you know, Zeb scares the puffer pig just by growling at it, and it blows up, and they push it with enough force that it knocks people over. And I think it is amazing that Sabine uses the puffer puffer fish as a trampoline. Puffer pig. Puffer pig. <laughs> Blurring lines. As a as a trampoline to jump onto the roof. And <laughs> I out loud laughed. That's a uh, for the kids. That's an LOL. <laughs> um, I LOL'd when it squealed as she bounced off it onto a roof. <laughs> 
I thought that was so funny. Yeah. But that proves that he's sentient then. If he squealed when he got... When he got yeah, you know, yeah, good point. You could feel that. Yeah. You could feel that, right? So... <laughs> I also kind of kind of wanted there to be like a blooper reel where she tries jumping on it and then her weight just pops above her face because she falls on her face. No, it seems like a real missed opportunity. They never pop. Oh, it. I would love to have seen like they should have put up a volleyball uh, net and they could have just kind of bounced them back and forth a little bit like a baseball or something. <laughs> Every time he goes over, he's like, "Scream!" <laughs> Peta would have some things to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> um so they end up getting rid of as morgan's guys from the power of the puffer pig mm-hmm. and they kick him out and then it turns out that lando didn't even have the money to pay the girl a ghost crew but he's like you could have your droid back well he did have the money did you pick that up yeah well at the end oh, okay. he said he didn't pay him Okay, so I'm rushing you. Yeah. So you know he did. Yeah, it turns out, so in the background round while this fight is going, which is a pretty cool move, Chopper steals a fuel cell because they need fuel, right? That's why they're doing this whole thing. So he just steals one of Lando's fuel cells. And then it turns out when Lando's talking to the puffer pig, because I guess that's what you do when you live alone on a farm. You only talk to sentient beings. Yeah. Um, That he says, like, of course I know that they stole the fuel cell that's why i didn't pay him <laughs> i don't know debatable i think he's just a bum <laughs> and then also when when they discover that chopper stole the fuel back on the ship they're like oh you did it chopper and everyone's celebrating we we both made different notes you said chopper raised the roof well, chopper was raising the roof and then i interpreted it as him showing off his guns like he's like yeah look what i did oh. <laughs> Did Either you, way, it's funny. Did you notice that, funny, Tony? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I saw him waving his arms around. I just yeah. I thought he was just cheering or something, but that's pretty funny that he All was right. showing off his guns. Yeah. Right. So we have one for just cheering, one for raising the roof, and one for flexing his guns. All right. I like that. <laughs> Possibly not all mutually exclusive. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. Chopper also, didn't he shoot? Didn't he end up shooting as Morgan? Oh, also? Yeah. Yep. That's another thing I like is they just they let Chopper just shoot guns. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, at that point, I, in Chopper's brain or whatever he has, his chip doesn't he know? Doesn't he say himself? You know, I don't even need the rest of these guns. I can, I can <laughs> just taste, take the ghost and leave and, t- and have my own adventure. Yeah, that's a good point. I because I mean, let's be honest. If we're gonna give Chopper a personality and let him get so upset and get sassy and not obey orders because he's mad at you, what's to stop him from just shooting you or killing you in the in the middle of the night? Well, I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it's that that Will Smith movie. What's that AI movie he's in? It's called AI. <laughs> is it called AI? <laughs> what's that, is, is that what it's called? I think so. Okay, AI. I know a movie you're talking about. Well, there's three rules that you know AI can never violate. The first one being never harm a human. Yeah, it's the Asimov rules. But first of all, <laughs> yes. in that movie they violate it. So. So that's sort of a rule. Yeah. Secondly, we see droids harm humans all the time in Star Wars. It's very real. So I mean, he as, could just go in a murderous rage, as evidenced by As Morgan. But you know, if it's your owner, he's property. We've seen him 
We've seen them sold and purchased, sold and retrieved. Yeah. I would love to think that Chopper is almost like that kid in that in that Twilight Zone episode where the people around him are are so frightened of what he's going to oh, do next. Yeah. <laughs> what is Chopper going to do next? <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. I just like <laughs> I just picture him like in a room by himself staring in a mirror and like doing the same thing where he's smashing his head into the mirror so he can't take it anymore. Somebody comes out like Oh, I thought you were going with you were picturing him in a room like listening to heavy metal smashing his head against the wall like getting pumped up for stuff like yes, 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 a fight, a fight. Either one's good. I like all these iterations of Chopper. Yeah. All right, so the final final thing we see, Lando watches the ship depart, and he tells the puffer pig that he knows <laughs> Chopper stole the fuel, which is why he didn't pay the rebels, and he totally redeems himself, and he waves uh, goodbye and believing that he shall meet again. Now, here's my final question for this episode. This is technically the first canonical appearance of Lando, if you're watching this chronologically. Well... You know, until 2018 when the Han Solo movie comes out. Um, so this is the first time in 2017 that we are seeing Lando uh, chronologically. So we are immediately get this sense that he is a good person, that he's helping the rebels. So I'm going to... I'm going to... some character building. Because this end... Well, the end scene like ties together that he's like... Kind of, but I feel like he came off really poorly in this episode. This episode made me not like Lando a lot. Hmm. Because what does he do? He's he like so he's a gambler, yep. which I am. I have a very strict moral code, and okay. I do not approve. Okay. Uh, he. <laughs> do you purchase loot boxes on Battlefront Two? I do not. That's yeah, a form of gambling. <laughs> um, he sells someone he just met into slavery. Okay. He hits well. on every woman on the entire ship okay and then he doesn't pay the crew whether he says quote unquote like i knew that they did that so i rightfully no he just didn't pay the crew all right i just didn't like him he's 28 and he's probably hitting on a 16 year old yeah that's true i have to say i had the same like literally when it ended i'm like i was like oh lando's a bit of a jerk in this yeah right he almost seems like he doesn't even care about any of the people he just wanted that puffer pig back on his on his uh farm (laughs) he didn't care about anyone else totally <laughs> yeah i guess that's true yeah. and he also like he's like i like all your everything that just happened except for not killing as morgan he's like he just wants to kill people sell them into slavery as long as he has his puffer pig it's all he freaking cares about lando does love lando <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So that's this episode. So how we wrap up every episode is we give our overall impressions and feelings with this scale system that we've created. So we're going to put you on the spot, Tony. We're each going to give our personal scale systems. And these are totally subjective. Okay. Um, and we, we go from what we think the worst thing in Star Wars is to what we think the best thing in Star Wars is. And then we rank okay. them somewhere in there. So this is how mine works. So for me, the worst thing in Star Wars is 
was when we found out that Anakin Skywalker created C- C-3PO. For me, that's bottom of the barrel crap. The best thing that's ever happened to Star Wars to me is when Luke is gazing into the twin sunsets on Tatooine while the John William binary sunset themes place. It's like the most magical moment for me. So where I would put this episode um, appropriately, and this is a little cheap, but I'm going for it, is this ranks as about eh, the first time we meet Lando on Bespin on Cloud City, <laughs> which I know is cheap, which roughly translates to about uh, a B minus. All right. Like we meet a new character. He's not the worst thing in Star Wars, but you know, I'm, I don't want his action figure necessarily. <laughs> so for me, that's like a B minus this episode. Okay. So Peter. So my scale is uh, from Jar Jar being farted on by an and going Pisa to Luke and Vader uh, having that epic duel at the end of Jedi in the Emperor's Chamber. I actually have a Lando-related grading, too. I gave this episode a Wilro Hood. Wow. Who, for those of you who don't that's know, really high for that's me. the guy who is running out of Cloud City as it crumbles with an ice cream maker. <laughs> he yeah. kind of looks like Neil deGrasse Tyson, but wow. kind of hot. Uh, I just read it because it just makes me happy. This episode made me happy. Willow Hood makes me happy. So Ice that, cream makes me what's happy. That grade translation. I'm gonna say it's like a B. Well, well, all right. So we're putting you on the spot, Tony. But what's all the right. worst thing in Star Wars and the best to you? Uh, for me, uh, on a scale of uh, Anakin and Padme rolling around in grass. <laughs> Fair. And, uh, and in uh, Empire, Vader does a double take when the Falcon gets away. <laughs> He's like staring out the window and like turns his head and then looks again, like in case he didn't actually, in case maybe, maybe mistaken, it was still there. Maybe it was another Millennium Falcon. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments in, in Empire. Well, I mean, Empire was amazing. You know, it was the best yeah. for me, but yeah. I love that scene. But uh, for me, it, that and this this one you guys think a little higher of it for me it was uh it was more of uh c3po becoming a ewok god somewhere oh there. wow so awesome that's love yeah kind of hokey and for you know for laughs kind of thing but uh i was right. like a c plus all right okay. fair oh yeah i was gonna say that's a pretty low scene <laughs> <laughs> From from I remember watching it as a kid, and I remember like, oh, this is hysterical. That is very funny. He walks a cute. See, three PO's funny. Why not make him a god? Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Cool. Uh, well, you got anything else for this episode? That's that's all my notes. Cool. How about you? I'm good. You got anything, Tony? Uh, no, I thought it was fantastic. I have to say, I've watched a couple of episodes of Rebels. I haven't watched a lot of them. I, mm-hmm. Hopefully, that doesn't offend you guys that I haven't watched them. No, no, it's okay. We part. We like having people on who aren't diehard Rebel heads. I'm sure <laughs> gives us a, a cool perspective. <laughs> Yeah, so but, I like it, but yeah, I I, uh, I enjoyed it very much. It was it was a fun it was a fun episode, and uh, maybe I'll look for the others. I, I imagine the others are not as humor, you know, sticky. I guess. Yeah, this is definitely one of the more lighthearted, yeah. slapstick. Yeah, yeah, but. they they do have a couple that are kind of 
stinkers though so be prepared saving space whales yeah exactly <laughs> cool um so why don't you tell the people where you can be found online uh tell us a little more about your books um sure. uh, my, my my comics are you know the alternative slice of life stuff uh i started in the 90s and i guess i'm still stuck there because i'm still doing that <laughs> stuff but uh but i have a they're book cool called, again uh well i have a i have a couple of books from top shelf uh one was called more or less the other one is called um uh i don't remember that was 110 percent 110 percent jeez uh <laughs> and uh and i have a what I'd love for people to get is the double cross collection, which is, uh, uh, my old mini comics that are all very funny stuff. Very, it's also dirty. It's not for anyone, <laughs> not, not exactly for children, but, but, uh, you can get it on amazon.com and it's called Tony Consiglio's double cross collection. It's, it's fantastic. Awesome. Cool. I think it's fantastic. I don't know if everyone thinks it's fantastic. I did it work with fantastic. a guy that I gave it to him. And then, and I never ever ask people for their opinions because I don't want to know what's going to happen, you know, what they're going to hear. I don't really care what they say. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I had a guy, he didn't talk to me after that. He stopped talking to me. Oh. And, um, <laughs> And then I was just like, what's wrong, Bob? Why aren't you talking to me? And he's just like, oh, I read your book. And I go, oh, okay. Uh, wow. Well, well, the funny thing was, the thing he pointed out was just too funny. Because if he told me, oh, you're terrible at writing stories, I went, all right, fine. But you know what he said? He goes, you, do you need to have so many darn curses in that book? <laughs> Maybe he just loves the Lord. Yeah, it's like, get off my back. I, I don't know. I, I never picked. I never, you know, I worked with him for a few years. I didn't never thought of him as someone else that, you know, that, you know, bunch of a prude, but uh, that made me laugh. And, and I found out later it was because he didn't read the book. What happened was he gave it to his uh, grandson. Oh. <laughs> That's even better. Seven year old. Well, <laughs> well, shame, well shame on him for not vetting. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure he heard an earful, so he's just going to take it out on me, I suppose. <laughs> That's great. So if you like curses, check that book out on and, Amazon. And you also have your own, you also have your own uh, your own page on StarWarsMinute.com. Yeah, we don't mind. Yeah, we'll, we'll plug that. T O C O, and which I go to almost never. I never, I never add anything to it. <laughs> but that was very nice of them to do. Yes. Yeah. Your own Toko page. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for doing this. No problem. If you want to see, and if you want to see me live, I work at Whole Foods in Scottsdale. You can come find. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I actually will be in Scottsdale next month, so I might come visit you and watch, <laughs> and watch you live. <laughs> Definitely, I will come out from the kitchen, and you can see me in my white smock covered no. in blood. <laughs> clap when I see it. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Well, thank you very much, guys, for having me. Yeah. It was fantastic. I had a great time. Yeah. Thanks again. All right, Mike. We're getting deep again. Let's get deep. Uh, We're talking about the Imperial Blockade of Lothal. <laughs> Don't say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it every week. All right. So 
During the imperial occupation of Lothal, the empire greatly restricted the rights of the planet's inhabitants. Um, as we went over in the first episode, the planet was in economic turmoil. Um, so the empire implemented a couple of programs. One of them is the Imperial Registration Program. I think it was also called like the Imperial Citizens Registration Act or something. So it was, it was featured a couple months before Rebels premiered in this official tie-in blog called hollownewsnet.com that posted all these videos from the Star Wars Holonet or like to take place around the time of Rebels. And in the first video posted, the Imperial broadcaster Alton Castle, Alton Castle with a K, okay, reported that Lothal had joined the Imperial Registration Program, whereby all trade had to be authorized by the Empire. So that's why we keep seeing like people getting hassled, but for selling yogan fruit, and all everyone has to get scanned when they come through. Because basically the empire is trying to crack down on rebels and they're trying to crack down on the black market. So basically they said every all trade has to go through the empire at this point. Is that why there's that one part in this episode where Lando comments on how many Imperials are on this planet and yep. Kanan kind of yep. shrugs and goes, oh, I might have something to do with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's also why... Lando wants that puffer pig so badly uh-huh. because the empire made it illegal to have mining equipment if you're not an imperial agent. Mm. So Lando had to get the puffer pig to mine all the resources from Lothal and then get rich. Um, so any goods arriving or departing departing had to have imperial clearance and all ships were scanned and searched. So these regulations destroyed the local economy. They ruined farms and local tradespeople were put out of business. So in response, the empire implemented another program called the Galactic Farm Exchange, where the empire promised to buy your land from the local population in order to build factories and military installations. Sometimes, as we've seen in other episodes, they also take your land by force if you don't want to, quote unquote, sell it. Yeah. it's kind yes, of a quote-unquote optional program. Huh. Um, but the catch is if you signed up for the Imperial Registration Program, you'd be given access to a job where you could either become a stormtrooper, enlist in the Imperial Academy. That doesn't sound so bad. Or work at the Sinear Fleets System Factory. I'll never be able to say that. Sinar Fleet System, Sinear. Yeah, that I'm going to be a stormtrooper. <laughs> Um, so they're the people who build TIE fighters. Um, and then in return, the empire would collect all your personal data. So you have to join their army and then they will also collect all your personal data, but you have a job. Wait. So which one's the good choice? There is none. That's why people are pissed. (laughs) But if you're out, if you don't have a job, you're unemployed, then, I mean, you become a stormtrooper because you need something to do or else you're going to starve. Right. Okay. So, one of the goals of this uh, was to cut off rebel cells and to weaken smuggling rings and the black market. But in reality, it became a lucrative opportunity for the more talented swindlers in the galaxy. So, if you were talented at slipping through a blockade, you could become rich selling illegal goods. Rebels actually became so good at getting past blockades that their flagship CR-90 Corvettes became known as blockade runners. 
Oh. Yeah, so that's why they got their name. So that's where it comes from. Yep. And then for All those right. of you who don't know, the CR-90 Corvette is like kind of the main staple military yeah. vessel that the rebels use. So I wanted to ask you, because um, I, I researched this, but how do you think the blockade works? Like in all actuality, because why couldn't you just, when you look at this, you see there's a couple Star Destroyers in front of the planet. Why couldn't they just go to the far side of the planet and then just fly around? Well, it's difficult because when the Phantom Menace came out, the Trade Federation had established a blockade, right? And when I was watching that... Star Wars loves blockades. There's yeah, so blockades. many blockades in this series. And I started thinking about that exact thing. Like, these aren't very good blockades. There seems to be miles and miles between these. Mm-hmm. And so in my head, and this is just like what I had pictured, there were some kind of shields that were linking <laughs> in between ships because what they had established were so terrible. But then when Rogue One came out, and they had like the shield entrance points above Scarif uh-huh. that totally changed the game for me and what I imagined a blockade could be and that it was maybe something like what I had ma- had imagined that there were shields in between ships or satellites yeah. or similar to the one above Scarif, these entry ports. So perhaps that's what the blockades are. I like that. My my justification after I thought about it is Star Wars operates on established hyperspace routes. So basically yeah. there's highways. Yeah. So I wonder if there actually isn't a good Which way. Which makes sense because you just want to just jump yeah. into hyperspace at any point. You might smash into a totally a flipping asteroid. <laughs> yeah. So that, that hyperspace pathways have always made sense. Yeah. So I wonder if there's only one point of entry in and out of Lothal. So they just have to block that one point of entry because if you're going to get to Lothal, you're going to take hyperspace. You're not going to do a hyperspace jump to the other side of Lothal because it's uncharted territory. So you have to enter at least at a certain point. Yeah, that makes sense. And maybe like small ships can get through pretty easily, but they're more concerned about the big like smuggling freighters. Yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, this is all speculation. I don't no, know, no, confirm. I mean, it, it makes sense in stuff I've, I have thought about, because I, I often think about hyperspace. It doesn't seem like, it seems like this alternative form of travel, but at the same time, you have to be moving through some sort of space, and there are things potentially in the way. That's why it seems like hyperspace travel seems so safe, but there has, there has to be hyperspace travel that's dangerous. Yeah. So there is, I actually read about this. Um, I forgot what they're called. They have some name, but hyperspace routes have to be navigated and discovered just like, sure. Like the old West or whatever. What's Oregon trail. Yep. Um, and so your, your mom died of dysentery. Yep. I got a snake bite. That guy got syphilis. <laughs> um, Your dad has the measles. <laughs> My mom was kidnapped by a native. Are you done? Your brother has <laughs> hypothermia. So there are these explorers, just like Lewis and Clark. Um, and they 
basically go out and navigate uncharted space. And they're the ones who go out for the first time and they'll fly through and say, oh, you can get through here without flying through a sun. Mm. And then they'll establish a okay. hyperspace route. So Where it's a huge thing. This? Wikipedia somewhere. I would totally read a book about that. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Like but it's that. supposed to be really dangerous. It's yeah. uncharted. But and wild space. It's a huge thing because these planets, Lothal at one point, didn't have a hyperspace route near it. So that they were kind of by themselves and operated uh, as a self-contained community. But then someone charted a hyperspace route to Lothal. So that's why all this new trade is coming in and all these off-worlders are coming in and trying to exploit its riches. Interesting. Yep. Huh. Uh, that's my deep dive. I like that. Yeah, happy I, we I got have so deep. many more questions that, <laughs> that I want to ask that I'm not going to. You though. keep asking. I mean, I could just edit it down. Well, like, okay, so here's, this is, I don't know. I'm not very science-minded. So if you're traveling between galaxies within this universe. So that's an interesting thing about Star Wars, though. Is there Wars, anything though. in between galaxies? Are there, are there stars and asteroid fields? So yeah. what's in between galaxies? Is there crap in between galaxies? <laughs> there's got to be, right? I don't know. So here's well, so here's the here's one thing I find interesting. They do use the word universe in Star Wars, but most often like the known world in in Star Wars is referred to as the galaxy. So there's just so one, it's confusing. I think it's probably just poor writing and poor knowledge of science, but I also feel like the Star Wars galaxy operates as one big galaxy, just a lot of different systems in that galaxy. Okay. Um, so it's kind of a different setup that we're not familiar right, with in our, in our space. Sure. Um, cause the, yeah, cause yeah. their language is called galactic basic. Yeah. That's like yeah. the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. All right. I don't know. So I don't know. It just might be like neighboring planets with like asteroids and fair random things in between. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks Pete. Cool. So that's my deep dive. Left Aren't you glad confused. we got deep? Don't like you talking about like that. Deep. Why would you do that? <laughs> Peter, well, thanks for that uh, deep dive. This week, uh, I would like to do a little character portrait on, uh, but you can't guess who, Lando Calrissian. Ah, word. <laughs> that was the worst. I do declare. <laughs> that was the worst of my bad impressions. Well, 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 what do we have here? That's a good Bye, one. Are you still bumming around with this old scoundrel? Nice. That's not great. Williams. Uh, okay, so Lando Calrissian. It's interesting because uh, there actually used to be a lot on Lando Calrissian. Mm -hmm. um, and then when this, you know, mandate, sweeping mandate of uh, redconning all the expanded universe stuff happened, all of his books were kind of wiped out and his legends uh, appearances were no longer there. And so we here at Rebels, we like to stick to the canon. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, 
Man, Lando does not have a lot of appearances. <laughs> uh, Rebels is the first canonical appearance for Lando. Um, as I mentioned in the show, he will be appearing. Uh, I'm very excited to see him in 2018 in the Han Solo film. Jeez, yeah. Being played by Donald Glover, who I love. He's so great. I love Donald Glover on so many levels. Check uh, out Atlanta if you haven't yet. Yeah. It's so good. As an actor, he's he, in dramas and comedies. As a musician, as Childish Gambino, I love his records. Because of the internet is one of my... Like, it's seriously one of my all-time favorite records. Preach. Um, I think he's freaking cool. He's also a, as a mental health activist, huh. a really cool dude. Um, he's just very open about his mental health challenges. And I don't know. I think he's an amazing person. So I'm really excited. And I think he will fit Lando well. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see that. So, but like I said, Lando is not not in a lot of places right now. Uh, besides the comic series that Marvel did on him uh, a few years back, which were pretty boring. Um, there, Two of the worst comics Marvel put out were probably Lando and Chewbacca for me. They were both just... Yeah, I can get on board with that. They were just both really bad. Uh, so besides that, he doesn't really appear too many other places. He is. He was born on the planet uh, Socorro. He's approximately 30 years before the Battle of the Avon, which makes him about uh, 26-ish in this hmm. episode. Um, so during his youth, he became a smuggler and a gambler. You know, some of the only pr- professions <laughs> that exist in the Star Wars universe. Uh, you know, and he's you know, he's a proficient Sabak player. Um, he traveled the galaxy th- and piloted his freighter Millennium Falcon. So Millennium Falcon is his um, at this point, mm. And we know that or not at this point in the show. But uh, for most of his life, Millennium Falcon was his. Uh, Wait, so did you were you able to uncover whether or not he was the owner of the Millennium Falcon now? Or did still- Han already have it? He was the Millennium Falcon owner. He was the original Millennium. I don't know about original, yeah, but he I, owned it before Han. I mean, like during during this episode. During this episode, I can't. I could not tell. There's no information, and I think there's no information because the Han Solo movie is going to reveal some of that. Uh, and point. so I don't think. I'd have to imagine no, because there was no way they wouldn't show it if. Yeah. He yeah. had it. Yeah. Um. So, but he so he ends up losing the Millennium Falcon to Han Solo in a game of Sabacc. One in which Han Solo cheated in, mm-hmm. which, I mean, isn't that egregious, given what Lando does. Um, so after losing the Falcon, Cal- Calrissian put it into his days as a smuggler. So that, so I'm imagining at this point he's no longer smuggling because he does not own the Falcon, and so that's why he's getting into the mining business. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons he's not smuggling here or driving the Falcon. Um all the other information we have on him really exists within this episode, the comics, and then Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Besides that, there's not much on him currently. Huh. Um, so, th- so that being said, I wanted to have a quick conversation about him in Empire Strikes Back, where I think the funniest thing he does is at the end of Empire Strikes Back, we see him driving the Millennium Falcon... Han has been frozen in kryptonite. I saying that in carbonite, um, and they're going to Tatooine to save him to rendezvous with Luke. And Lando is wearing what looks like Han's clothes. <laughs> I mean, completely wearing his clothes. Yeah. He has his vest, and it's completely buttoned up. That's the only difference. And I want to know what you think about this. 
Is he wearing Han's clothes? Are the or were these his clothes that he lost to Han with the <laughs> Millennium Falcon? Then he's like, "Well, I'm back. These are my clothes. I'm putting them back on." I like that idea. I like the idea that Han inherited Lando's wardrobe with the Falcon. Because that makes sense. And then it was like, "Oh, cool! Now I don't have to buy any more clothes." <laughs> and he just started wearing Lando's clothes. Before that, he like was into like bell bottoms and jean vests. Yeah, my other theory is that he's sitting next to Chewie at the end of Empire and he has to wear Han's clothes because it has Han's scent on them. And so in that <laughs> Chewie is something like a dog. <laughs> you need to you need to make him comfortable. Huh. So in universe I don't, really I don't I don't know this for sure. But in universe the like red dashes on Han's yeah. pants are a specific thing from yep. the Karelian yes. military. Yeah, that's that's the other theory behind those clothes. But you said that Lando's not from Karelia or whatever. No, but that doesn't mean you can't, you know, pilot for them because oh, okay. yeah, that the, makes sense. One of the other things I've heard about Han's clothes or yeah, is that exactly that? It is the, the outfit of a Karelian pilot. Yeah, and, and so, like the the stripes are like his rank in the military, yeah. or like how many kills he got, or something like that. It's yeah. like it it signifies something. It's like if yeah. you were a vet and you just like wore camo when you yeah. got home. But on the same side of the coin, it's like when Ray gets in the Falcon at the end of Force Awakens, <laughs> she doesn't need to put on a Krillian. So it's well, just, so, so I was rega- wondering. Regardless, it's weird. Well, I was wondering if if uh, Lando was part of the same military. And so they just coincidentally have the same uniform. And so now that Lando's going to war in Return of the Jedi, he's like, all right, I better put on my war clothes. I'll hang up the cape and put on my war clothes. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he went to, you know, join the Krillian military. He's yeah, not, I don't know. He's not originally from there, yeah, as uh, I've noted. But uh, I don't know. I don't at know. this point, he's into mining. As we know, he gets into mining at Bespin, right? He, yep. Um, Gas mining on Bespin. Yeah. Type. Taberna gas? Tabana. Tabana gas. Tabana gas mining. So so that's a little. Cool. What uh, I want to know, I'm not that into Lando actually as a character in general, but I find it weird that he's the one character we have no record about what happened afterwards. We generally know after Return of the Jedi, we generally know. Interesting note on that. Yep. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan, who co wrote. Uh, Return of the Jedi and co-wrote uh, did some co-writing for Force Awakens was asked in an interview about Lando um, and if we were going to see any more of him and he Lawrence Kasdan responded that we have not seen the last of Lando in any way shape or form and mm-hmm. I'm like pretty sure it's exactly what he said interesting which infers that well it either means that we're going to see him in this Han Solo movie and he knew that or that we are going to maybe be seeing him in some of the later episodic films huh. but Kazdan confirmed that interesting yeah so, I'd, I'd be interested to see what he got up to yeah so uh, yeah there's a little a quick snapshot of Lando Calrissian hope awesome. you enjoyed thanks Mike yeah alright everyone that's all we got remember you can always find us on social media by searching Rebels Rebels Pod uh, email the show Rebels Rebels Pod at gmail.com mm-hmm. Or, you know what? Leave us a review on iTunes, and you know if tell it's us, a- tell us what uh, 
what color lightsaber uh, you would have and how long it would be. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's a good one. If if we like what you wrote on the response on the review, we'll read it on the show. Or when you leave a review, even better. Tell us what your scale system is. Oh, good one. we will present those scales on our show. Definitely. So please do that. And uh, until next time, friends, be brave out there. And don't look back. Don't look back. Later. Peace.